Hello. Let's talk about politics and governance. Let's jump to France. The year is 2005. French voters just rejected a proposed European Union constitution in a referendum. But the government ignored the results and implemented the legislation anyway. What were the consequences of this decision? We're going to explore with our guest, Stefan Sliva Ruiz. He's from the University of Groningen in the Netherlands, and we'll explore together the electoral impacts of bypassing a popular vote. Stefan will tell us how this decision led to lower voter turnout, more blank votes, and larger gains for anti-system parties, suggesting perhaps that ignoring the will of the people can have a lasting negative impact on democracy. As always, I'm Rodrigo Silva. Let's talk about politics and governance. Stefan, welcome. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Happy to be here. And yeah. Perfect. Stefan, let's start. Tell us in what ways, which I imagine might be several, in what ways is this study important? Sure. So as you just mentioned, on the surface, it's, it's a case study, right? It's about France in 2005 and a referendum that was ignored. But we think that the case actually encapsulates lots of the most important issues that we still face in our current political landscape, not just in France, but basically in all established democracies. So the case uh, touches upon, of course, the frictions between the nation state and international integration, globalization. It touches upon democratic accountability or the lack of it by ruling politicians. It, it touches upon large segments of society that feel ignored or not being heard by politicians or by the political class, let's say. And in that vein, it also touches upon frictions between urban centers and uh, rural periphery and, and this clash that we see in a lot of democracies that now nowadays are invoked by lots of populist politicians and what we nowadays see very frequently or hear very frequently. And this, this case is also, of course, about the intent or the attempt to resolve the conundrum of domestic criticism and, you know, on or surrounding international integration with a referendum, which can backfire. We, we know that also because of Brexit, of course, but also France is a, is a prominent example. Mm -hmm. So the case is important uh, because it shows, firstly, that these this political polarization, these cleavages around international integration, is not is not just a new thing. It's not, it doesn't exist only since Trump and uh, Brexit. It already manifested much earlier. For example, in France in two thousand five, where you know there was also a clash between two forces, and it the case shows a certain particular lay in it, which has not been studied a lot in the literature. The literature really focused on economic and cultural issues that are driving discontent with the status quo and with globalization, international aggression. But we try to show that also other drivers might foment discontent with the status quo. And these are, these are the institutional framework or party behavior. So we really put the theory of party cartelization at the heart of our paper, mm -hmm. which just says that a lot of parties, mainstream parties, or like parties which have the chance to govern, really aligned in an ideological way and, and, and economic issues in such a way, they resembled in such a way and agreed in such a way that a lot of 
of the voting base and of social groups that they, they didn't feel represented anymore by the parties. Mm -hmm. And this is also due to the structure of parties and how these decision, the decision making within the party system is, is, is being made. And we wanted to focus a little bit on that. And we think that the, the case is just a great example to empirically uh, analyze that because it is, of course, also about a referendum, right? And a referendum that was ignored. So basically, politicians ignoring uh, what's a popular vote. And yeah, it, 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 it's really, let's say it like that. Bottom line, because I talked a lot, summer, let me summarize it. I think the topic is important because it encapsulates a lot of the most salient issues that we also face nowadays, the critique on the status quo and so on, and the, the political elites ignoring the people and so on. And we show that this is not just because of economic and cultural issues, which certainly play a role, but we also want to show that it's party behavior and, and really the structure of parties and decisions of, of ruling people who are sometimes just fomenting grievances. And of course, it shows what happens when a referendum gets ignored. That's the most particular case in our case, mm -hmm. when popular and elite interests collide and elites just ignore basically uh, a popular vote. Mm -hmm. Because I'm curious to, I'm very curious to already jump into the findings, but before we go there and to see what happened uh, in France, what were your main findings? Uh, I want you to, you have explored this a bit, but I want to uh, listen a bit more because you indicated now and in the article that after bypassing this referendum outcome, it was expected to see a, a decrease in political participation and increase uh, in support for anti-system parties. So let me know a bit about the expectations that you had before you found out the, about those, the findings. Yeah. So, I mean... As researchers, you, of course, you shouldn't expect to find anything. You should be quite open. Mm -hmm. But yeah, of course, at least my expectation was that when people get ignored or when people feel like their voices haven't are not being heard, that they will make their voices being heard again in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. In other ways, actions have consequences. So I thought, okay, there's some, there will be something in the data which will show discontent with this decision to ignore the, the vote of the referendum. But in which ways this will play out, I did not know whether this will play out. But the research, yeah. So, so in a sense, for us, the case is just, it was a great opportunity to empirically um, assess our yeah, expectations, let's say. That was maybe our expectations. And it, it, it actually came to fruition, let's say, like that. Uh, Stefan, let us know about the findings. Of course. So as you just, as you already mentioned in the beginning, we found that municipalities, which rejected the proposed European constitution, which subsequently got their vote ignored, we saw a lower turnout, we saw a higher share of blank voting, and we saw, uh, saw a higher support for the far, far, for far left and far right parties in all subsequent elections after the referendum. Now, and this is when controlling for various socioeconomic indicators on the municipality level and past voting behavior on the municipality level. However, yeah, so first of all, the effect sizes, let's say, are quite substantive. So they eclipse, for example, the importance of unemployment on the municipality level. Uh, so how you voted in a referendum was more important than, for example, your unemployment level. But an important nuance is that the effects on voter engagement, so the effects on turnout and on blank voting, they grew weaker over time. So we see that at the beginning in the, in, the, in the elections most closest to the referendum, we really see a drop in turnout, for example. Um, but then in later elections, this the effect grew weaker or and disappeared eventually. However, the effect for anti-system parties, so for the far left and the far right, 
which really also opposed the referendum, the effect on, on, on these parties, they grew stronger over time. So what we think is what happened is that these forces were successful in mobilizing disaffected non-voters um, over time. And we also corroborate our findings with survey data that shows that satisfaction with French democracy was really at a low shortly after the referendum, when it became obvious that uh, the vote will remain inconsequential, that the vote will be ignored. So yeah, we, we just deliver pieces of evidence that show that um, the procedure about the, the referendum and, and the, the decision to ignore the vote was really detrimental for French democracy, at least in terms of turnout, uh, participation, and in terms of um, satisfaction with it. Mm -hmm. Of course. I'm curious to know more about potential policy impacts of this, either on government level or municipal level. And considering that uh, there were some other situations in Europe that you mentioned in which uh, the referendum results created serious dilemmas for the governments. You also say this in the <laughs> article. So tell me about potential policy impacts. Sure. So I think it is very applied research. So for policymakers, I think it shows that they don't they do not only have to consider the content of their policies but also how how the decision making comes to be within their party structures is there an effective bottom up communication possible for example can activists party activists really bring in new opinions and a plurality of opinions or is it top down approach which the our theory criticizes which a lot of parties have become now that is really a top-down approach in, in a lot of parties. And uh, yeah, I mean, just talking about real-life impacts, I think the, the two big parties, which are one of the main actors in our, the two traditional big parties in mm -hmm. France, the former ones, the <laughs> Parti Socialiste and Les Républicains, they really fail to achieve this because nowadays they are play minor roles in French politics. They, they have been completely eclipsed by other forces. And other big parties in Europe should take notice and maybe really try to reform their internal structure that the whole structure seems more participatory, that people feel more included in decision making. And of course, for policymakers, also, that seems a little bit um, maybe contradictory now, but having a party structure that for years basically ignored most of the voices from the bottom and then just calling a referendum doesn't make good for years of neglect. So if you want to call a referendum, you should be really certain about the outcomes and whether you can follow through. Because usually, especially like in general political matters, but especially matters on international integration, cannot be condensed to a binary yes and no decision. So a referendum might not be the most adequate tool to resolve this conundrum, uh, in my opinion. And a final point, of course, um, and in line with this is that if you want people to recognize the merits of international uh, cooperation, you really have to explain the merits and the benefits in an open and transparent way. Mm -hmm. This is not just true for the European Union, even for initiatives such as China's Belt and Road Initiative, which I read in the last weeks is really tanking in popularity because a lot of the population just thinks it's not really benefiting them. It's just benefiting the elites. And if you as a politician think it is good for your country and, and, and for the community, then you also have to be able to communicate this transparently and put more effort in it. And maybe now talking about just individuals, the general audience, I think what was very encouraging to see, so the article was published on, in your journal and it got then linked in a very popular forum, which is called Reddit. And there's a sub 
forum called yeah, Subreddit, which is which is about scientific uh, findings and academic publications. And somebody linked this article to within this very popular website, and it really gained a lot of traction. So it was really nice to see somebody sent me the link and look, this is your article because I sent it to friends. And they said, oh, yeah, I saw it. And it gained a lot of traction. Now thousands, thousands of politically interested individuals were really engaging with our findings and relating the findings to their own personal situation. They were relating it, for example, to when they felt ignored by their state legislature in the US, for example. Mm -hmm. So I think it, it was a really interesting, it was super interesting for me and encouraging to see that it already made an impact, maybe not with policymakers, but then with thousands of uh, really politically interested individuals, which could relate to the finding, which could resonate, which could see, which could find themselves basically in the results. So I'm not sure if it's possible, maybe we could link to, to the threads in our, in the description. Of course. Yes. Well, some tips for politicians, one step at a time, you'll convince yeah. them, you'll convince them uh, because actually the article is now on 33,000 views, which is yeah, uh, I think that is because a month, uh, ago, a month and a half ago. I think that's uh, because of this, which is yeah. uh, good. So you have given, uh, the tips to the politicians. Uh, let's now turn to uh, academia again. So what's next to research uh, about these topics? Yeah, so of course, there are other settings where uh, referenda got ignored, as you already insinuated as well. So for example, in the Netherlands, uh, there was also a referendum on the European constitution. The setting was quite different, but still, and, and as I also learned from this, the community interaction, there were a lot of referenda in the US, for example, where State legislators ignored uh, referenda on abortion rights or on public infrastructure. And it would be super interesting to see whether um, our findings could be replicated also in, in these settings to mm -hmm. see whether it was in general uh, disappointment um, with politicians and the way how, how, how parties decide and politicians decide um, uh, policies. Um, yeah, super interesting to, for me to see. But also, personally, I think it was it would be really interesting to see to investigate local, more local outcomes. For example, on the municipalities to see whether mayors, which have a very inclusive, collaborative approach to decision making, are rewarded for that or not. I think that is super interesting. Just not from not from a nation perspective, or really on the local for municipalities. Mm -hmm. I think that would be super cool. Yeah. I know some tips for for the future. You mentioned that there was a lot of people interested in in the politics and in the topic of this article. Is there any materials that you could recommend our listeners to you know, explore the topic? Yeah, of course. So on on the party cartelization theory, there are two really great books which we consulted a lot also for the article. One is Peter Myers' Ruling the Void, 2013, and Jonathan Hopkins' Anti-System Politics, 2020. But in general, I think all of the sources that we cite are, of course, great sources. And I think, again, I think I'm repeating myself, but to get a, the reaction of laymen and to get a very diverse reaction to the, our findings and how the layman relates to them, I think it's super interesting just to scroll through this website, Reddit website, and to see what people answered. A lot of people also criticize our paper, which is also interesting to see, so... The listeners could take a look and uh, yeah, see for themselves. Perfect. And for those who are watching us on uh, Let's Talk About Politics and Governance website, uh, scrolling down, there will be some materials available to to further explore the topic. And then that Stefan uh, suggested. Stefan, to close the episode, although I know it's kind of challenging, if you could, if you if someone just started to listen to us now and you wanted our audience to remember about this talk, one two sentences, 
what would it be? Okay. So our original title was, it was unfortunately too long for the journal, but it was ignoring the people paying the price. So basically what we wanted to convey is people remember shady politics. And for policymakers, it's really a warning sign. Engage with voters, engage with your base. People need to feel heard. It's essential for democracy. And on the other hand, referenda, if you don't do this, if it's not part of your structure, of your party structure and, and of how you perceive democracy, calling in a referenda on very complex matters is almost certainly prone to backfire. So maybe a little bit contradictory in my statement, but I think everybody's understanding what I'm saying. Perfect. Straight to the point. Uh, Stefan, it was a pleasure. Thank you, Rodrigo. This podcast is powered by Cogitati Press. You can listen to this episode on the Let's Talk About Politics and Governance website, on Cogitati Press YouTube channel, and whatever you get your podcast.